Hello, and welcome to Shooting False Realities. We're a podcast that talks conspiracy theories and spooky stories. I'm Taylor. And I'm Julia. Welcome to your false reality. Julia. Taylor. We're back. Season three. We're professionals now. Are, are we professionals? Yeah, we're professionals is that now. What, is that what we're saying? Yeah, you just gotta speak it into existence. If you believe it, we're it, it's professionals. True. You have some surprises for our reality stars, I think. Oh my god, reality stars. So... It's not even so much from me as it is from uh, mom and pops, okay, back home. As some of you may know, um, last season, my parents contributed to the podcast by giving us our mascot, Woodbooger, as you can find on our Instagram, right? He sits right in front of us, and he is here today. But I went home for Labor Day weekend. My mom got me this surprise, as she put it. She got me a little present. And so I just want you to take a little listen, as you do when you listen to a podcast, and just embrace this. I don't think you're ready. That is Big Bigfoot. That's Woodbugger, our dear friend Woodbugger, who has come to join us on our episode. Yes. Yeah. Woodbugger speaks. This is literally just a little remote control. Like, if you guys ever watched iCarly and how Sam had her little blue remote that, like, she clicked buttons and it made noises, you know? You know what I'm talking about? I well, wasn't allowed to watch Nickelodeon as a kid. Well, someone out there knows what I'm talking about. And this is my own personal, like, remote, right? And certain buttons has Woodbugger howl, snort, roar, and groan. So, anyway, that's what we have going into season three. As today's our first episode, what are we talking about, Taylor? That's right. You have no idea, like, what we're talking about. Like, I told okay. you, like, what the topic was. Yes. And you have, like, a little idea because I give you just a little sentence. Yeah. So, Taylor basically had this idea for an episode. And I had never even heard of it before. And she got real excited. And she wanted me to wait. She didn't want me to look at anything. She didn't want me to, like, look anything up. She wanted me to go into this episode completely blind so she can get, like, my genuine reaction with this. I'm so excited. Okay. So I have actually never heard of this until over the summer when I was hanging out with my best friend, Bella. Shout out to Mama B. Love you. Um, We were driving. She lives in Marshall. So we were driving around Marshall. And we went to the park. And just driving around. And then she... We, we actually saw a deer, like, on the way back from the park, like, on to our house. Mm-hmm. As you do when you're yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a hunter, if you know me. Like, I go hunting, mm-hmm. shoot deer. That's how I feed my family. And then... That's how you feed your family? Yeah, that's, that's I how put, you provide. Yes. You're the man of the house. Yes. Provide for your family by I putting put, food on the table. I put food on the table. <laughs> and I look at the deer, and then, you know, like, I, I make jokes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you next year, or this fall, or whatever. And then she goes, you know, I worry about you when you go hunting. And I went, what? What do you mean? I'm, look- I'm I'm with my dad. Like, I'm fine. And then she goes, have you ever heard of not deer? And I went, what are you talking about? Not deer. She went, not deer are deer, but they're not. And I went, what are you talking about? And that she went, makes a lot of sense. She went, well, you've heard of skinwalkers, right? And I'm like, shh. Yeah, shh. you can't say that. Taylor, you just said it now. I know, I know, but it's daylight, so we're fine. Oh, okay, sure. And she said, they're like skinwalkers. And I'm like, okay, you have to give me a little more. You got to, like, explain it. And she said that she saw one one time when she was driving, like, out with her friends where they were in the car and they were, like, parked. 
And then there was a quote-unquote deer in front of them, but it, like, stood on its hind legs. What? And started, like, running towards the car. What? So then she had to, like, drive off. And then, like, that was it. Not deer is exactly like the title they're deer, but not. They look like deer, but something is wrong with them. So, Mm -hmm. like, they could have, like, an extra long neck. They could stand on their hind legs. You know, antlers could be, like, enormously ginormous. And their body is, like, proportioned like a moose or an elk. They're, like, big. So, like, if you were, if you took a quick glance, you may not think much of it. But if you really, like, gave that quote-unquote deer a second look, you'd be like, wait, that's not right. Yes. And they, like, they hide in, like, actual, like, deer herds to, like, blend in. So So the not-deer looks like the alpha. (laughs) Wait, 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 do... What, packs of deer? Herds of deer? What is a group of deer called? I don't know. Do they even have alphas, though? Jeff Wilsey, what's a herd of deer called? I don't know. I don't remember is it the exact herd? name. Do they have alphas? That's what I want to know. Because if there's alphas, maybe that like each alpha is a not deer. I don't know. They just got bucks and does. Top buck. Top, <laughs> top buck. He's top B. I think it's like bucks like fight each other like with their antlers and whoever mm-hmm. wins is like the superior or whatever. I thought that was just like... Get the lady doe, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great first episode. Love the start. We've just, we're happy to be back, okay? So the sightings typically occur, like, in the evening or the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Not typically during the day. Um, but have you ever heard of a cryptid? No. Never heard of a cryptid? Is that just, like, no, that's just, like, like Loch Ness, Bigfoot, like, yes. those, yeah, right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. not deer are considered cryptid, so it's an considered. animal or th- considered, considered, whew, it's been a minute. They are considered cryptids, so that's an animal or thing that has been claimed to exist, but is not proven to exist, so like you mm. said, Loch Ness, Bigfoot. So, not deer is an Appalachian folktale. And we just didn't find it when we did our Appalachian episode. Oh. So it's um it's a folktale that have like common sightings in the foothills of Virginia. So they're most common in like on the Appalachian Trail. And we just like when we were searching, researching, we didn't find anything on them. I feel like I mean, I've never heard of not deer. And I've never like I don't know, like I didn't have any prior knowledge word of it before, right? Um, but I have, like, a feeling this isn't just, like, a small little thing. Like, I feel like it's a common known thing. So I don't know how, one, we didn't find it. Or if we did find it, what if we skimmed over it and we were just, like, not deer, what, like, yeah, what? Like, and just, like, skipped over it or something and just, like, didn't think twice about it. But, like, weird. So, at same day when I was with Belle after she told me all this, mm-hmm. I could not stop thinking about it. Like, it, of freak- course. it freaked me out. And another thing that she told me was that they are attracted to women. Oh, of course. Like, when you wear perfume, like, they like that. Oh, I always wear perfume. Yeah. I can't when I go hunting, but, like, they mm-hmm. will, like, hunt for a woman, like, when they are alone. It's like, if you are alone and you are a woman, out so in the woods. So, you can't just fear men in this world. You also have to fear deer now. So No. Not deer. Not deer. You have to fear what looks like a deer. But is not. But is not a deer. So... Same day, I'm driving back to my house in the dark, might I add. And if you know where I live, I live in the Goonies, like nowhere. (laughs) Cornfields, you know, lots of deer around. So I take the back way to my house because I don't like taking 66 most nights. I was at this blinking yellow light to like turn right and I see a deer. 
But then it got me thinking, like, is it, though? Is that actually a deer or is that not a deer? So I, like, I slowed down for a little bit and I was watching it. And then I was, like, watching my car. Okay, but to be fair, I don't think I've ever seen a deer or not deer, like, just look at a car and, like, ignore it. Like, they always, like, stop and stare, like, the no, headlights. No, I like, know. Like, deer and headlights, you but, know? But, like, having that, like, in my head now freaked me out. Mm. Yeah, that's facts. That's true. Freaked me out. Freaked and it. then that, it was a doe. I saw that, not that doe, but, like, a doe in that same spot four more times in a row. Like, at night. Like, from one day to the next, like? Well, it wasn't a row, but, like, it wasn't, like, Monday night and then mm. Tuesday night. It was just every time I took that back road mm, mm-hmm. at night, there was a doe. Coincidentally, every single time you took that road, then. There was a doe in that same spot every time, four times. That's weird. Like, was it, like, standing the same way? Like, it was, it like, was, was there was post? one time where it was, like, farther away, like, past the light. Then there was another time where I turned right and it was, like, right there. So it was, like, within, like, the same area. But yeah. it wasn't, like, like, it obviously wasn't, like, a statue then. Because it wasn't, like, because it would, like, it would watch me. It would, like, like it would turn its turn, head. Yeah, it would follow the car. It's like it the creepy paintings in the horror movies. Yes. It, it freaked me out really bad. That makes me chortle. That <laughs> makes you what? Chortle. Chortle? Like a, a little giggle. Never heard that. Teehee. Chortle. Teehee. <laughs> I have some stories. I love stories. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. They're off of Reddit. Should we, like, turn the lights off or something? Oh. Okay. I mean, no one can see that, but, like, I think it sets the mood. You get, like, the sound effects of it. This is me turning Nats. off the lights. Nats, baby. Crisp. Nats. This is off of, like, I don't know how to use Reddit, but it's, like, a op- Appalachia. Appalachia. Reddit. Appalachia. Yeah. Yes. That they created. Appalachia. All right, I'm ready. ready. All right, so basically reality stars. What Taylor is saying is sit back, relax, because this is story time. All right, hold on. Let me let me get comfortable. Let me get situated. These chairs are so squeaky, too. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to try not to move. Look at all these sounds. Like, I'm going to turn towards you so you get like the full effect. All right, I'm leaning back. I'm taking it all in. I lived in Waynesboro, VA for about five years, less than 10 miles to the BRP North Entrance, Skyline Drive South Entrance. I used to take bike rides along SD all the time, and always kept a year-long membership. Only in the day, though, just to frame the story. One night, I was having a particularly hard time settling in for bed, so I decided to start up the bike and ride up to the first overlook in Skyline, only about a mile inside the park. It was about 11pm when I got up there, and pitch black, I killed the bike and got immediately uncomfortable. I'm not a guy that gets spooked in the dark. Truthfully, I prefer the dark in most situations. You can see people before they see you. You are practically invisible unless someone is looking for you. And I find the natural privacy comforting. Not up here though. It was a thick, oppressive dark, worse than anything I experienced outside of a cave. And worse than any moonless night on the Appalachian Trail. I immediately got hinked out, big time. There's nothing up here besides wildlife, I reassured myself internally. I had my 44 mag revolver from when I lived slash hiked in the Pacific Northwest, bear country and all that jazz. Tucked into my CCW holster, so I knew I definitely outmatched anything that could be up here. Two-legged snakes included. So I sat in the dark, leaning against the bike for a while and looking at the few lights I could see in the valley below. 
I managed about 10 minutes before I physically felt the hair rise on the back of my neck. I only did 27 months in Iraq, but I remembered that precise feeling someone was watching me. Something bad was coming. It was the same sensation I would get before IDF came in, or the shooting started somewhere nearby. I'm no psychic or whatever, but it's a common thing among vets with any time under their belt. Ask him about it. You can feel hateful eyes around you. The overlook was a sheer drop, or nearly so, so I wasn't concerned about anything popping up in that direction. But the mountainside and thick, untamed woods were behind me. I started thinking about method out dudes creeping the Appalachian Trail, bears, and the like. The Appalachian Trail is no stranger to random violence. Still feeling creeped out, I took up a seat on the waist-high stone that marked the overlook edge, facing the woods. Again, I can't emphasize how dark it was. But Gris, you might say, why not turn on the bike and use the lights? It'll at least help you see what's close. True, but my bike is loud, and the last thing I wanted was attention. Plus, the light would just night blind me to anything just out of view, and the noise would obscure any stealthy sounding creeping going on. So no thanks, I'll watch and listen for a bit. I sat in the dark for another 10 minutes or so, anxiety getting worse and worse. I heard a few things, but nothing out of the ordinary for a night in the woods. I decided to head on home, since the feeling wasn't going away. Like I said, I had a big bore on me, so anything playing games would be in for a powerful surprise if the games got stupid. Hopping onto my bike, rode off towards the gate. Now anyone who lives in the country and rides a bike knows that wildlife is crazy active on roads that aren't traveled often at night. Being nighttime, and technically closed, I had to ride around the gate to get in. There were no other vehicles on the road at all. I hadn't seen a single other person since leaving Waynesboro proper. The speed limit was, was 30 miles per hour, but I clipped along at a measly 15 miles per hour to keep an eye out for deer and wildlife. It wouldn't do me any good to mess myself up in a wreck, only to lay there all night until someone happened to cr across me in the morning. Then I saw it. The term of almost deer is really fitting, but not quite accurate. It was like a deer that someone who had never seen a deer drew, but only after someone else had described it to them. It stood on the left side of the road, mountainside, and I saw the eyes long before my headlight shone it fully. It was big, easily the biggest deer I've ever seen, and the lack of any horns that time in the year suggested that it was a doe. The head was almost bovine in shape, but fixed to a deer's frame. The legs seemed too long in proportion to the body, think maned wolf proportions, and the body was extremely barrel-chested. I've always been creeped out by male-formed wildlife, but this was no exception. Unfortunately, I had to get it to move, or risk passing within a few feet of it. I was not traveling another 30 plus miles up the road in another direction to leave through the gate in the middle of the night. I wasn't getting close to it. I didn't want to get near it at all. Stopping and putting my feet down about 30 feet away from it, I tried to frighten it away. I flashed my beams down to low and back to high. Nothing. I revved the engine. Nothing. I honked the considerable horn. Nada. Resting the bike on the kickstand, I left it idling and hopped off. I yelled at the thing and it still didn't budge. So I started to the side of the road to grab something to toss near the deer thing, hoping to spook that away. As soon as I crossed into the other lane, it rose up onto its hind legs. I froze, putting my hand on my gun. 
I wasn't about to get charged by an angry, confused, malformed doe. It took two jerky, unnatural steps towards the center of the lane on two legs and froze again, staring directly at me. It suddenly shook its head wildly like a dog with a toy, took another short step, then hopped on two legs several times until it disappeared into the darkness on the right side of the road. I stepped back to the bike, mounted it, kicked up the kickstand, and turned the light towards the side of the road. On that side, there was a sheer drop-off about 75 to 80 degrees compared to the roadway, and that thing's head was just peeking over the edge, still looking at me. The drop-off was about 40 to 50 feet, so there's no way it was standing at the base of the mountainside. I cracked the throttle and beat the heck out of it. Road wildlife be darned. I never went back up to the Skyline Drive at night alone after that. One time was enough. Whoa. What? Like, uh, its head was just peeking out over staring. And then when I got him, like, what? Ugh. You ready for another one? Oh, there's another one? I have another one. Absolutely, I am. Okay, this one was posted on No Sleep. Me and my girlfriend's vacation in the woods had not been progressing phenomenally well up until the second morning of our stay when I stepped out of the cabin to take a leak, only to be greeted by two very, very still deer staring right at me from the nearby shrubbery. I ignored the two and waddled clumsily to a bush on the other side of the clearing, away from where they stood. As I was relieving myself, I heard Sam calling out from inside, asking why I left the door open. I pulled my boxers back on and turned around swiftly, almost butting heads with one of the deer who now stood mere inches away from me. For a moment, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but I didn't. That's a deer. <laughs> so I don't think I ever will. I fell on my butt as the animal kept looking at me with a dumbfounded look on its face. Having had ample experience with deer, up close and personal, I can tell you that I've never seen one that stared quite the same as this one did. It was also eerily quiet as it snuck up on me with, without as so much as a sound. I got back up without letting it out of my sight and rushed into the cabin, where the second deer stood right at the doorway. What the heck is going on with this thing, said Sam, petting the deer awkwardly over its head. I think they're sick. Don't touch them anymore. She pulled her hand away instantly and took a step back. One of them tried sneaking up on me. Almost scared me to death, I said. The deer kept staring at Sam even as I pushed it aside to enter the cabin. It tried to do the same, but I slapped it slightly across the muzzle, which made it stop in its tracks. Sam looked at me with a confused look in her eye. Come on, Jordan, get the poor thing back outside while I get dressed. As I was scratching my head thinking of what to do, the thing that scared the heck out of me stepped closer to the cabin, and both the deer were now staring directly at me, which was uncanny to say the least. I noticed that they both had strange hump-like growths set between their shoulder blades, but simply wrote it off as something to do with their condition. I grabbed a broom and gently pushed the nearest animal out, which disrupted its balance and forced it to step back a few, after which I could close the door without harming it. Proud of myself for defusing a potentially hazardous situation, I decided to get a cold one and maybe google around and inform myself about deer diseases, just in case. Sam and I spent the rest of the morning huddled in the cabin, watching Guardians of the Galaxy on my laptop. After having lunch, we decided to take a walk around the woods before nightfall. We both packed our backpacks, and I instinctively grabbed my 45 as well, which hadn't left my side ever since I returned from Iraq a couple years back. 
I half expected the strange animals to still be lumbering around our cabin, but was relieved to see that they had dragged their butts off to somewhere else. Sam didn't say anything, but I'm sure she had felt the same. We walked westward for about an hour when we reached a small, rather picturesque creek, where Sam wanted us to take a break for a bit. Just as we settled down and lowered our packs, I heard a rustle from some 20 feet away from where we were. What is it? What happened? A deep feeling of unease washed over me. The woods no longer looked serene and beautiful, but ominous and menacing. Come on, talk to me, Jordan, Sam insisted. I think we should pack up and get back to the cabin. Her brow had crumpled with worry, and she silently agreed, immediately moving to get her stuff. At the same time, I kept an eye on the shrub from which the rustling had come. Just as Sam had finished packing, a deer stooped out from behind a tree to my right. Another reared its head from the shrub as the source of the rustle. The jitters I felt soon turned into sheer dread, as I saw another coming from behind us, about five more coming slowly out of the deep woods. There was something wrong with their gait, with the way they carried themselves, something I still can't properly define. It was off. In any case, and Sam was then, Sam was by then practically pulling my sleeve for us to get back from where we came. I didn't need any further in inclination before turning around and moving steadfastly to the cabin. We returned without any further incidents, but the animals kept following us in an, impo an impossible unison. Imagine a cat's curiosity amped up to 11. That's what those deer acted like, except way creepier. When we saw the cabin, Sam started jogging to the door to unlock it as soon as possible, when a young doe came out of nowhere and rammed her from the side. She fell down and yelped in pain, and I expected the animal to run away, but it didn't. Instead, it sprawled itself on top of Sam, pinning her down as the rest of the herd came rushing stiffly toward her. I was faster, though, and I pulled the thing off of Sam and jerked it off to the side. In that moment, I didn't have the time to pick my girlfriend up and get us safely into the cabin, so I pulled out my handgun and fired a shot into the ground in front of the misshapen horde. There were now over a dozen and they all stopped in perfect unison. Can you walk? She nodded, asking me to help her up. Her shoulder looked to be dislocated, so I nudged her softly toward the cabin while pointing my firearm at the animals. Something's very wrong with these things, Jordan. We need to leave. As we were entering the cabin, I heard a strange clicking sound coming from the deer. Like when someone clicks their tongue, they kept doing it over and over again, all while staring at me menacingly. I shut the door and turned the key, hasting immediately towards Sam to try and get her shoulder in working order. A crack and a scream later, she was good as new. We moved to the bedroom to pack our stuff and get the heck out of there, but somehow we fell asleep along the way. We woke up almost 12 hours later at 0100 to the sound of something hitting the front door. Thump. 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 Sam, get up, I whispered, shaking her. Sam. She wouldn't budge. I checked her breathing and pulse. She was fine. But whatever was out there wasn't letting up. I grabbed my phone and called the cops. Told them that there was someone trying to force their way into our cabin. Naturally, I left out the finer details of our predicament. They told me they'd be there in 20 minutes, which would have been fine if there wasn't trying if there wasn't something trying to force its way inside. The hinges were already letting up under force. Tucking the 45 in my pants, I jumped to try and move the heavy wardrobe over the door, which I managed just in time for it to stop the thing from forcing its way through. 
That's when another round of clicking started. And this time I could hear interspeed whistling as well. I dared to look out the tiny window from the living room only to see dozens of deer all huddled around our place, all clicking their tongues wildly. To say that I was terrified would be a severe understatement. I turned to check on Sam when I noticed a thin, leathery strand ho hovering right above her. It was displaced entirely, coiling in a way I could never have imagined, imagined before witnessing it myself. Like a snake, it poked and probed her skin, as if looking for a way in. Without thinking, I leapt onto the bed in an attempt to chase the thing away. And when I took note where it came from, I felt as the ground had given away under my feet. I've tried to describe what I saw as the source of the strand both verbally and on paper more than once, but I can't. Impossible to explain. Whatever the thing was, I took aim and fired a round, which then coiled and twisted itself, just as the strand did. After a few moments, it hit something. And when that happened, all the clicking and whistling stopped in an instant. When the cops arrived, they saw over 60 dead deer flopped outside of our cabin, as well as one absolutely huge moose which was the thing ramming the door. Cause of death, massive internal organ failure. Also worth mentioning is that they all had strange, pus-filled lumps I noticed on the fir very first deer to have visited us. Sam is now fine. Toxology reports said that we both had been lulled to sleep using a drug of some sort, which was administered directly into our bloodstream somehow. Thankfully, it didn't hit me nearly as hard as it hit her. This all happened last month, and Sam and I were being dragged around various government facilities for quite some time. Nothing too unpleasant, though. I can attest to Uncle Sam being very thorough when it comes to physical examinations. We still don't fully understand what happened to us and what was wrong with the deer, but I have a good reason to believe this wasn't an isolated case, and here's why. While we were being treated like guinea pigs, there was this one offshore lab where numerous other people were being tested on as well. And though we weren't really allowed to communicate with them nor get too close, I noticed something about a few of them. A small, discreet lump located at the nape of their necks. I hope it wasn't what I think it was. So is he implying that the government is behind it? I don't know. Because I... now it makes him sound like one of those like crazy conspiracy right. theorists. So I like... had not read this, like before this was like yeah. my first time reading it as too. soon as he started saying this stuff about some leathery like snake-like thing coming i was i don't know i started feeling like so, like he's like a little crazy or something i don't know the deer um, stuff i definitely believe i believe it 60 deer just like all died outside of the house i want to see like i feel like it would have to be the news right right so deer don't make like clicking sounds like when you click your tongue mm -hmm. or yeah they don't, they don't make that sound. So, like, when my dad and I go hunting, like, if we see a buck, he'll go, as, like, a doe. Uh-huh. They don't make that clicking sound. Man, I feel weird about this. Like, I just, like, I don't really know, like, how to feel. Like, I don't know, like, I don't think I feel, like, scared. I just think I feel, like, off, like, I'm put off by it. I don't know. Well, yeah, so, like, you don't have, you don't have to believe it. But, like, when oh. you see a deer, you're going to be thinking, is that actually a deer? Okay, as far as that last story went, when he started talking about, like, I don't know, like, 60 deers dropping dead, all, like, 
that whole thing. Like, when he started, as soon as he just talked about that thing where, like, they were in their cabin and started hearing something on the door, like, pretty much from that part on, the rest of it, I was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, the deer getting up on its hind legs and, like, the fact that they're just, like, that, like, if not deer exist, um, on the believability scale, um, I think I would give it, like, a six. I'd give it, like, an eight. Really? Yes. So what do you guys think? Let us know. You can follow us on Instagram at Shooting False Realities, and you can tweet us at S4PodcastOC. Let us know what you think. Do you believe in the not deer? You just can't say not deer or else they come for you. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like saying skinwalkers, and we've said both of those things a couple times now, so... Um, you don't hear from us in a week. By the way, um, Taylor and I live together right now. We're roommates now. Um, but our apartment's also right next to the woods. So, yeah. um, thanks for starting off this semester this way, Taylor. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, without further ado, though, thank you for listening once more. And, Taylor, welcome to your false reality. Pew, pew.